thing by myself, and I went in and began to pray, and the Lord began to give me this thought, unknowing to me that I was going to get that text. And so I pray the Lord help me show this in such a way that you can receive it. I know it blessed me in that little chapel. Blessed me in that little chapel. Also, I was amazed, if I may just share something with you, I was amazed. This little chapel had stained glass windows, and behind the pulpit area, there was a big stained glass picture of what people think Jesus would have looked like. And as long as the lights were on, you couldn't see. If you had the lights on to the chapel... You looked at that stained glass, and it was just a blank silhouette. But as soon as all the lights went off, because it was still dark, he just lit up. It's amazing to me that he is the light of the world. And so many of us were once in darkness. We saw that light. And wherever you're at today... You need to look for the light. You need to come out of the darkness and begin to find the one that is the light of the world that shineth into the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. I'm going to be reading over probably one of the many favorite books of the Bible that I have. There's so many of them, but I thoroughly enjoy the book of John, especially chapter number one. And I'm going to be reading John chapter one, verses 10 and 11 may go down to 12. I don't know if I gave them 10 or not, but we're going to be reading 11 and 12 for sure, and I can read to you 10. The Word of the Lord says here in John 1, verse 10, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You may be seated. I'm going to do my best today to bring this simple thought to you. Opportunity knocks. Opportunity knocks. What is the definition of that phrase? A chance for success or advancement. As I look back in John 1, I'm going to begin reading to you John 1 and 6. It says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, with lighteth every man that cometh into the world. 
He was in the world. And the world was made by him. And the world was what? Made by him. What? Made, made by, him. by him. It's amazing to me that God Almighty himself, that spoke everything into existence, that made everything that we can see and those things that we can't, everything that is living, no matter where it exists, God spoke it into existence. And here God wrapped himself because he's a spirit. I heard that in the tail end of men's Sunday school lesson, that God is a spirit. And he that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. And so as we begin to understand, it was God himself come into the very creation that he created. Here he comes Boom, he was in the world, he made the world, but the world did not recognize him. Opportunity was knocking, but they weren't listening. They didn't understand it, they didn't perceive it, they didn't see it. And that little chapel, God began to bring me to tears. Because in each and every life, sooner or later, You're going to have opportunity knock. Will you recognize it? Will you open the door? Behold, I stand in the door and what? Knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I shall come into him, sup with him and him with me. Do you understand? He's going to knock. And it is going to be through a witness. It is going to be through a preacher. It is going to be through the Word of God. It is going to be through the preaching of the Word of God. He's going to begin to knock. Will you recognize that? And so I hope this morning, if I may be a little personal, I hope you use some Q-tips. You know, Q-tips. You know, Q-tips. They're for unclogging the listening device that God made when he made man. A lot of things get in those that can impair your hearing. Acts 7, 47 through 51 says what? And Solomon built him a house. David couldn't do it. But Solomon did. Go ahead. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands. I like that. I like that. He says, listen, okay, you're building me a house, but let me tell you something about who I am. (laughs) I don't dwell in houses made with hands. I'm going somewhere. Listen to me. Opportunity is going to knock. It's going to knock, and this may be the only time it knocks. What are you going to do with it when it begins to knock on your heart and you really haven't been born again or you really haven't sold out to the Lord Jesus? You haven't been baptized in Jesus' name. You might have not been filled with the Holy Ghost, but you're here and you're here to hear the voice of God knocking on your heart's door. How be it the most high? Remember, he made the world, 
He came into the world, and the world knew him not, didn't recognize him. I wonder if we recognize him. Made with hands, saith the prophet. Go ahead. Heaven is my throne, uh-huh. and earth is my footstool. That's right. What house will you build me? What house? I'm glad that we built a place of worship. Mm-hmm. And I know the presence of God comes in here. Mm-hmm. But this is not where we want him eventually. Right. I hope you're listening to me. I'm glad that he's here. He is welcome here. But it is my prayer, my desire that he gets inside of a house built not with hands. There's no man that built this house. God built this house. And this is the house that God dwells in. The reason he dwells in a man-made house is to knock. Is to knock. That's the only reason he comes is to knock. Listen to me. He'll come every service that there's a hungry heart that's asking him. But at the same time, he's wanting to get into a house uh, that man didn't make, uh, that he made it. Uh, Are you listening to me? You may already have the Holy Ghost, but he wants to renew it. Uh, He wants to get in uh, and do a work. Uh, Are we going to open the door? Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. What house will you build me? Saith the Lord. Or what is the place of my rest? Did you listen? What is the place? You think this atmosphere. Brother Hillman's got to go to work. You think this atmosphere is where he wants to rest? Oh, we love it when we feel him here, don't we? Why do you think he comes here? Just so you can feel him in the atmosphere? You think that's the only reason he's here? So you can say, oh, I felt him touch me. Uh Uh-uh. He wants to come in and rest and take a bode. He wants to be in you. The hope of glory. He doesn't want just to be around you. And you feel him on the back of your neck or on your shoulders. That's wonderful. I love it. But what he's doing when that happens is he's knocking and saying, will you let me in? Will you let me in? I want to rest in a temple that I made, that I made. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is no house of God any grander than Solomon made. But when God makes a temple, it outshines Solomon's temple. Did you hear me? Because now when we receive the presence of God, We become a city set on a hill. We become the light that shineth in the darkness. That's why he wants. So many times you sit on these chairs and you know God is speaking to you. You know he's speaking to you. He's dealing with you. But you keep the door shut. He doesn't carry with him a crowbar. He doesn't have any type of devices to pick a lock. He's not a thief. He's not a robber. He just knocks. If the writer was writing it in our time, which he wasn't, it wouldn't be a knock. It would be, I stand in the door and ring the doorbell. 
Get your iPad out or your phone and see who's out the door. You got the app? When somebody rings the doorbell, you begin to look and say, oh, my, it's somebody selling something. I'm not opening the door. Let me tell you, he's not selling anything. He's there to give something away. Won't you let him in? Opportunity is ringing the doorbell. It's ringing the doorbell. Whew. Goes on to say, hath not my hands made all these things. Then he says this, ye stiff-necked. And uncircumcised in heart and ears. You stubborn Jewish religious world. You are uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist. The Holy Ghost. The knocking. As your father Do you understand? Did. Here he was at the church. Could I say it this way? He showed up for service. Uh, they were reading the Torah. They were doing their prayers. They were going through their religious rituals that had been passed down from Moses. He showed up and they began to say, who art thou? Aren't you the carpenter's son? Aren't your brothers and sisters with us? They didn't recognize the knock. He read to them, behold, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to preach the gospel, to go about and heal the sick and give sight to the blind. But they didn't hear it. Do you understand the one that authored the word of God was reading the word of God. The one that made them was in their very presence uh, saying, I'm here. I came into my own, but my own did not open the door. But if you open the door, I will give you power to become the children of God. He didn't stop there. Even to them that believe on my name. You see, this particular assembly of believers are fanatical about the name of Jesus because it is God's name. It is a name of salvation, Jehovah saved. In Hebrew, it means Jehoshua. Jehovah is salvation. It tells us in Colossians, whatever we do, Word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father thereby. I'm telling you, I'm pressed in the Spirit. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus, it behooves you to hear the knock this morning and surrender and open and be baptized. You say, Pastor, I've been baptized, but you haven't been baptized in the name. The name is what sets you free. The Bible says in Acts 4 and 12, Neither is there salvation. Come on now. In any other. In what? Any other. There is no salvation in any other for. For there is none other name. No other name under heaven. Given among men. Given among the temple that God made to rest in. This is the name. I gave it among men. I manifested among men. I brought it. I kept the disciples in thy name. Oh, you, Father, gave me your name. Oh, God, in the name of, is anybody understanding what I'm saying? I'm telling you, the name is everything. The name is everything. If you have not been baptized, the water is ready. Oh, my goodness. 
gracious. Whereby we must be saved. Whereby we what? Must be saved. Might be. Must be. If we want to be. Must be. It says must, must be, be saved. saved. Amen. I'm going to break it down for you. I've already went a little further than I thought I was going, but I might as well go all the way under. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, you have not been born of the water, and honey, you still need to open up and let it happen to fully be ready to meet Jesus. You say, you don't know what you're talking about. Read the book. Read the Word. Peter said it, Acts 2.38. Apostle Paul reiterated it. Philip did it. Everywhere you go in the book of Acts, they baptize only in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you right now, I'm glad. You, you got to hear me in that little chapel. God began to get a hold of me, and I began to cry and weep because a long time ago, opportunity knocked to a good old Baptist boy that was going faithfully, giving my offerings and tithes. I was going out outreach. I was teaching church training on Sunday night. But I was hungry for God. Did you hear me? My hunger did not stop. I was hungry. Why me, God? Who me, God? That God would bring an opportunity that would begin to knock on me without anybody ever telling me but the Word. And I began to read the Word. And God woke me up. I could have shut the door when I was afraid. I could have shut the door when I was scared. But I said to God, God, I don't understand all of this. But whatever you want to do, have your way. And I began to say, one word three times and the word was Isma and honey I've never been the same since years later when we were studying Hebrew Pastor Luna who was a member of our church at that time he studied the word Isma it's a Hebrew word meaning out of your belly. Read the book in John. I believe it's chapter number 10. It says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Spirit, which had not been given because Jesus had not been glorified. Honey, I'm glad. Oh, what a blessing when opportunity knocked in my life. I didn't say, I'm already saved. I didn't say, I've said a sinner prayer. I didn't say, a preacher told me I was saved. No, I said, God, whatever you want, have your way. Time and breath may not allow me. My wife had a similar experience raised in Catholicism, faithful in Catholicism. Never heard of the Holy Ghost. Never heard of the Holy Ghost. One day she was praying in her bedroom and God spoke to her, knocked. And he said, Abby, praise me for everything. The trees, the grass, the birds. 
she began to praise him for whatever came into her mind. And the next thing she knew, she was speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. What a change in her life. She went and told her mama, but her mama didn't know anything about it, told her, forget it. She tried to tell the priest, but the priest got angry and said, don't you ever mention that again. But I'm glad that my wife didn't stop there. I said, I'm glad she began to seek the Lord. And all she knew without anybody ever telling her that she had to be baptized. One day, a knock on the door. She opened the door to an apostolic preacher who invited her to church. She went to church scared out of her mind. She would have left if she wasn't sandwiched in the middle between people, and then all of a sudden, it was time to make a decision. Something came upon her, and she said, I got to be baptized. And when she was in the name of Jesus, it literally changed her life. You better listen to this preacher today. I'm not trying to get you to do something so I can say I baptized you. I'm trying to get you to follow and be obedient to the Word of God. I'm telling you right now, it's in the book. It's in the book. It's in the book. It's in the book. You can say, well, Matthew 28, 19 says, baptize in the name of of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But you can never find an example of that, of anyone, hear me, anyone ever being baptized that way. You can't find anywhere where Jesus said, repeat it. What he said was, do it in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. When the apostles obeyed that, they were right there with him. They were listening to the Word of God. The author was speaking to them, and they understood who he was. They were one God believed. They were Jewish men. And so when Peter, on the day of Pentecost, was asked the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? He said, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children, unto all that are far off, even... As many as the Lord our God knocks. <laughs> Some of us are satisfied once we are born again. We begin to die on the pew. We don't renew it. We don't renew it. We don't stir it up. We get satisfied. And then when God begins to knock, you don't even recognize it. You begin to sit there and say, this is for someone else. This is for somebody that hadn't been born again yet. What about you? Read the book. Many times they were renewed in the Holy Ghost. Filled again with the Not that they didn't have the Holy Ghost, but they were made full of the Holy Ghost. That's the problem with the apostolic world. We think just a little dose, just a little half cup, a little quarter cup is all we need. No, honey, I want it full to the brim and running over. I'm going to say it again. Nothing will prevent you from being baptized but you. There is no devil in hell that can prevent you. And I won't let anybody here prevent you. 
The only requirement is repentance. Oh, oh God, I'm sensing the Lord. Let me tell you what happens when you open that door. Let me tell you what happens when you open that door and you follow the truth and you follow his voice. When he becomes your true shepherd. When he becomes your true shepherd. Do you understand he came to a religious world? He came to a religious world. And they wouldn't know part of it. I'm fine. In fact, they even rebuked him and talked about his forefathers. Their forefathers. Never under bondage. Oh, it's getting quiet now. But let me tell you what happens. Let me tell you what happens when you receive that. Let me tell you. Our children now, it trickled down to them. They would have never, most likely, ever heard of it. And then our grandchildren, what's going to be happening when he has a child? Do you understand it's not just about you? It's about the generation after you. It's about your neighbor. It's about your coworker. It's about... Somebody else that you may encounter that's in the same boat as you, and you begin to say, you know, I fought this for a while. I'm glad I never fought it. I'm glad, uh, honey, when the, my first service in an apostolic church, I went everywhere you could go. I went to all kind of denominal churches, fine. Try, is anybody out here believing the Holy Ghost? I couldn't find it. So I went to this little old church, uh, and I sat in the back row, and all of a sudden the missionary was showing the gazelle. It was, uh, that's how old I am. You know, the gazelle slides and it was somebody baptizing with a water trough. That's how we used to baptize. And it showed this person going under and coming up, standing up, his hands up, and the Lord spoke to me. You can doubt it if you want to, but I'll never doubt it. He spoke to me as clear, clear as a bell. He said, this is truth. This is where you need to be. I tell you, I told the pastor, I got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. My brother came. I went back home to Florida, told my mama about it, my daddy about it, my brother and my sisters about it. Every one of them but my baby sisters were baptized in Jesus' name. I baptized every one of them in a creek. But I remember my brother coming with a full beard, a pack of cigarettes in his shirt pocket. I was working, and he heard the preaching. He was going to leave too. But something kept him there. Uh-huh, that knocking. He headed to the door. I'm telling you a true story. He headed to the back door. All of a sudden, he turned and ran to the altar, fell on, slid on his knees, began to throw his hands up. He began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance, took his cigarettes out, placed them on the altar. The next day he was clean shaven. I'm telling you right now, when you follow the knocking, when you follow the voice, when you're obedient to the word, it will change your life. I don't know if my daughter's here, but I need a piano player. You see, King Agrippa had an opportunity. And all he could say was almost. The high priest had an opportunity. But he took him to Pilate. Almost all of the Sanhedrin 
had an opportunity, but only a couple of them received and became believers. Are you listening to me? But all of the disciples from all walks of life, tax collector, a thief, fishermen, people just of ordinary walks of life, they left everything and followed him. What about Cornelius? Because Peter surrendered. The Gentiles were introduced, and the opportunity began to knock on the Gentiles. And while yet Peter spoke the word, the Holy Ghost fell on them, and they began to speak in tongues. And Peter said to those Jews that came with him, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized that have received the Holy Ghost like we? And Cornelius and his household were baptized that same day. What about Saul, who later was Paul? Very, very devout and religious man. Kept the Torah from his youth. But opportunity just didn't knock in his life. It knocked so hard it Knocked him to the ground. He could have said, get away from me. He could have said, I am not surrendering. But he said this, who art thou, Lord? And in the Hebrew tongue, Jesus cried, I am Yahashua, whom thy persecuted. It's hard to kick against the pricks. From that moment on, he became, uh, he was already a one God believer, but he became a Jesus name follower. He preached it. He baptized just a few, but he preached that you got to be. Do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, my Lord of heaven. What about Apollos? An eloquent speaker. Preaching the word of God. But two little tent makers. You see how this trickles down? You see how Peter took Cornelius, Cornelius to his household. Paul, tent maker. Aquila, Priscilla, tent makers. You see how it trickles down. Apollos, mighty in the scripture, eloquent man. Come here, Apollos. Let us expound to you a more excellent way. He received it when Opportunity knocks. Stand to our feet if we can. One's already in the altar. The altar is open. Come and do whatever you feel led to do. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God of heaven. We're going to give these folks praying a little bit of time. I don't know where my daughter is. I don't know what's going on. But you know something? They didn't have altar calls in the word of God. People responded to the preaching. So don't forget the fundraiser afterwards. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you. Listen to me. If you haven't been baptized correctly by the word, don't let water don't let any religious doctrine stand in your way. Make it sure today. Make it right today. Get it settled. So you could sing the old hymn, an old account was settled long ago. You've been given an opportunity today. What will you do with it? The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord shine his face upon you.
don't forget the fundraiser. with the Holy Ghost, please.